0: What is going on, Laker fans? Appreciate you guys tuning in. Go till 9 p.m. tonight. Uh, Brian Windhorst covers the NBA for ESPN. We'll be coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, so Uh, looking forward to chat some uh, basketball and get his thoughts on the Lakers, some of their recent struggles. Uh, We got a lot to get into tonight. The Lakers have lost four of their last five games. They've lost three games in a row. But Laker fans... The sky is not falling. Um, if you guys want to be a part of the show, as always, its uh, I don't even like throwing out an invitation. I just want you guys to know you can come in at any time, 877-710-ESPN. Um, I do want to start off the show, You know, obviously, addressing the last week for the Lakers. I get, I get this opportunity, obviously, to do the post-game show, and every time I'm doing the post-game show, it's a little bit different, right? Structure-wise, it's different. I get a you know a word or two in, and then I want to throw it in so we could hear from Coach. And then we want to hear from LeBron and uh, Anthony Davis and just kind of go down the list of some of these players. But the beauty with this show is I really get a chance to kind of take my time and give my thoughts on what's going on and then obviously to hear from you. So um, I want to explain my thoughts on the last week for the Lakers, my thoughts on um, here are the Lakers who are falling in the NBA standings. Let's not uh, – There's nothing really to sugarcoat. It is what it is, right? I mean, if you look at the Lakers, um, you know, before the Anthony Davis injury, there really wasn't much of a conversation. Part of the conversation was going to be, all right, um, a backup center is what I've heard a ton of. But here are the Lakers finally facing some adversity. Actually, to be honest with you, kind of makes the season a little bit more interesting because I think there was a good portion of the season, especially that five-game homestand that the Lakers had, where everyone was like, eh. Yeah, Lakers are supposed to win. And even the Lakers team, they'd come out on a night-in, night-out basis. There were times I'm like, all right, yeah, Lakers won't wake up until the second quarter. You can tell they're down 20 against the Memphis Grizzlies or they're in a dogfight against the Oklahoma City Thunder without Shea Gilgis Alexander. That's not uncommon for the Lakers to kind of get this season going. But one of the things that the Lakers have benefited from, I guess you can say, they've been riding the thick of the Western Conference where they're fighting with the Utah Jazz for the best record in the NBA. That's changed. Now you're three and a half games behind the Utah Jazz for best record in the NBA, best record in the West. Clippers got a little bit of an edge on you only because they beat you in a head-to-head and you guys have the exact same record. Phoenix is right behind you. They're 20-10, and you're 22-10. and So the Lakers you know, I, I think are in a little bit of survival mode right now before the All-Star break comes up. Um, when I say survival mode, I, I'm literally talking about today because big picture for the Lakers, I'm not concerned. I'm not. And trust me, I've had a lot of have a lot of people hit me on Twitter of what some of their concerns are. I had a lot of people in the post-game show yesterday. Post-game show, we could have gone until midnight yesterday. I mean, there were Laker fans lined up to just take their turn of, well, we got to do this and how come this is happening and coach should have played this player longer, whatever the case is. By the way, that's kind of the beauty of sports, right, is you got all these individuals that are passionate about their team and they're going to express their opinion when things are going great or when things are going bad. And here are the Lakers, they lost four or five and three games in a row. Um, I I got a number of reasons why I'm not concerned with the Lakers. I'm going to start off with this one. We're in February. If we were a week away from the playoffs starting, and we had no idea when Anthony Davis was coming back and what the timetable is, and let's say the Lakers weren't clicking on all cylinders, yeah, would probably be a little bit more concerned. But we're in February. I did my math. It took me a little while. It probably took me a half hour to figure this out. We are 87 days away from the playoffs starting, give or take four days. That's just according to my math. Um, We are 87 days away from the postseason beginning. Why is that important? It's important because we have such a long way to go until games really, really matter. I'm not discrediting the regular season. I'm not saying that the regular season doesn't matter. I'm not saying that it wouldn't be nice to have home court events. I don't want to sound like I'm completely discrediting everything but we're in February. February. There's a long road to go. And we're about three months away from the postseason starting. And it means if we're three months away from the postseason starting, um, we, got, we got time to figure things out. But the most important thing to figure out is just health. I mean, the Dennis Schroeder health and safety protocols that went down right before tip-off in Brooklyn, against Brooklyn, I cannot explain to you how big that loss was to the Lakers over the last three games, and I'm and I'm going to um, I'm going to get into that in just a second. I want to wait on the AD and the Dennis Schroeder part. Um, so first of all, from just a timetable perspective, or just in February, I'm not overly concerned because there's a lot of time before we get to the playoffs. That's number one. The second thing that makes me feel not as concerned. Um, Still the second-best record in the NBA, so even with all this, even all the struggles that the Lakers have have had recently, even the Clippers playing good basketball. They lost one, I think, against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, that was a couple days ago. Lakers and the Clippers have the exact same record. Lakers will get more opportunities to play the Clippers in the second half of the season. So when I say they have some type of a cushion here, What I'm referring to is, it's not like the Lakers are are sitting at 500 right now. They're 22-10, and so they've built themselves enough of a cushion where you know, okay, at worst, this team is going to be a top-four team in the Western Conference. Um, And I know things can change drastically between now and the All-Star break. you still got the Utah Jazz tomorrow, which I'm not expecting the Lakers to win that game. I think against Portland... When you start when you when you finally get Dennis Schroder back, I think now you're actually in these games again. But you got Portland, Golden State, Phoenix and Sacramento. Four of the last 5 games that the Lakers have are against Western Conference playoff teams. Different levels, right? Uh, the Utah Jazz are going to be a different level than Portland and Golden State or whatever the case is. Before the next 5 games for the Lakers are against Western Conference playoff teams. Okay. Another reason why I'm not that concerned about the Lakers. They're missing the best two-way player in the league. And I don't need to really get into the Anthony Davis part because every Laker fan understands um, just how crucial AD is. If he's healthy, we're not having this conversation. Um, If AD is playing normal games right now and everything is just kind of going as planned, then you know what we're complaining about? We're complaining about the Lakers not blowing out teams and we're complaining about the Lakers kind of digging themselves a hole, but then coming back in the second half and winning. And the Lakers being disinterested. Because that really has been the conversation so far the Lakers. It's like like the regular season is just in the way. I mean, can we get the regular season out of the way? I mean, I can't tell you guys how many times I've had that conversation where I'm saying to myself, the regular season is in the way. Um, The last... Reason I want to spend a little time on this of why I'm not concerned about the Lakers right now. Um, I'm going to go back to the Dennis Schroeder part. He is, in my opinion, the third most important player on this team. LeBron Anthony Davis, Dennis Schroeder after that. Yes, is there a drop off? Of course there are. Those are two superstar players top three, top five in the league. I mentioned AD is the best two-way player in the NBA. I think LeBron and Joel Embiid are leading the MVP. Uh, if if you're kind of putting together who's an MVP right now, he's leading the pack on that front. Um, but Dennis Schroeder, I don't think it's being talked about enough how important he is. I'll tell you how important he is. He's important enough to where if he played in these last three games that the Lakers have lost in a row, all without Dennis Schroeder, I think no question about it, they beat Miami. No question about it, they beat the Wizards. And Brooklyn's a game. That's a game. Even though Brooklyn hit 18 threes and shot 40-plus percent from the three-point line, I think that's a game. That's how important I think Dennis Schroeder is to this team and elevated so much more because Anthony Davis is out. I mean— watch these games or listen to the broadcast. Just see how much LBJ has to do on a night-in, night-out basis. When Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder are playing, see how much LeBron has to do. And then take AD out of the mix. Now think of the workload. And then throw in another ball handler that can take some pressure off of LeBron James, that can put pressure on defenses, that can be an absolute pesk on defense all over the opposing team's point guard. Um, take that away. that's Add more onto LeBron James' back, and that's what the Lakers are facing right now. So I, I, th- I think the Dennis Schroeder part, um, I think it's incredibly critical. There's nothing the Lakers can do. This is just part of the I – mean, hell, the Lakers have not even postponed a game yet this year. The only players that I remember having to miss some time because of the health and safety protocols was Alex Caruso and now Dennis Schroeder. By the way, if I'm wrong, my apologies, but I think those are the only two. I remember Caruso right in the beginning of the season and then now obviously with Dennis Schroeder. This is just where the NBA is. KD for Brooklyn missed a week. Um, There's been a, other key players that had to miss games. Contact tracing, whatever the case is, had to miss games. I I think um, we were getting ready to play the Minnesota Timberwolves not too long ago. Carl um, Anthony Towns missed a, a bunch of games. Just recently we played the Miami Heat, and I was telling Michael Thompson, you can't really look at Miami's record because Jimmy Butler missed a lot of games with COVID-19. So this is just part of the NBA. And I'm not here to try to stand on this platform and make excuses for the Los Angeles Lakers, but I'm kind of telling it how it is. These are, in my opinion, these are facts. Factual in the sense of yes, the Lakers are struggling right now, but there are legitimate reasons why they are. There there are no players on this Lakers roster, in my opinion. Um, you know, after LeBron, Anthony Davis, um, Dennis Schroeder, and Montrez Harrell. Who's gonna really give you anything consistently that you feel comfortable with on a night-in, night-out basis? Well, two of those guys are missing right now. And when I say Dennis Schroeder is such a critical piece, I think Schroeder's more important than Montrezl Harrell. And I say that only because AD's already there. I mean, from a from a guard position, Dennis Schroeder is so crucial to the Lakers, and, and they haven't had him in these last three games. So I just think I think I just listed 49 different things, 49 different reasons why I'm not concerned about the Lakers. Uh, but the reality is um, that is how I feel. I feel that um, if if just Dennis Schroeder played in these last three games, oh, these are all competitive games, and I think they beat Miami. I think they beat Washington. I think Brooklyn's up in the air. That's how critical I think that loss was, um, not having Dennis Schroeder in the mix. So we got a long way to go, and I know I've heard from plenty of Laker fans over these last couple of days, and I'll open it up right now as well, 877-710-ESPN. Are you concerned with the Lakers' recent struggles? Is there some legitimate concerns? Are there some things that I'm not pointing out that you're seeing or that you're watching or you're listening to on a night-in, night-out basis that I haven't keyed in on,
1: Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
2: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
0: See app for details. Had a lot on my uh, mind there, Laker fans. Had a lot on my mind. 39 reasons why I think the Lakers are fine. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Like I mentioned, Brian Windhorst coming up here in a bit. Um, I do want to take uh, some of your guys' phone calls, Eight seven 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 ten espn The question is very simple. Are, are you concerned about this latest stretch with the Lakers, or are you like me? And understand that we're just in February. You got close to three months before the playoffs start. Obviously, getting healthy is the only thing that matters with the Lakers. And then I listed all the other reasons behind it. Um, and, and I think the one that's probably not being talked about enough is the absence of Dennis Schroeder, who the hope is, you know, we're, we know we're not going to have him tomorrow against the Utah Jazz. Um, and the hope is that if he can come back Friday and you got the Portland Trailblazers at Staples Center, that's good timing. Because Portland, Golden State, and Phoenix will be three home games in a row after Utah that uh, you know you're going to have some battles with. You always have battles against Portland. Um, Golden State already came back at Staples Center, down 16 to the Lakers earlier this season. Phoenix got a chip on their shoulder. They're playing some great basketball you know, these last couple of weeks, so uh, you know you got some battles. You can't go to battle without AD and Dennis Schroeder. You just can't. I mean, not against good teams. We saw yesterday Lakers try to do it against a Wizards team that, yes, have won five games in a row, but that that Wizards team is not some of these teams that I'm talking about Quality wise in the Western Conference. Um, okay, let's take a, a couple quick calls. Let's go to Eddie in LA. Eddie, what's going on? Thank you for calling in. Hi, how you doing, Alan? Good, man. Thank you.
3: I, I just want to say, man, that uh, since the uh, AD went down, none of the role players have stepped up. Montrez has been solid. Mm-hmm. Coons has been okay defensively, but uh, KCP, TAC, Caruso, none of them offensively. Stepped up, man. You know they got. We need a
4: little more scoring punch out of some of them guys, man. You know, Eddie. LeBron can't do it
0: all. Eddie, you know. You know what's funny is, first of all, I agree with you, but I don't know if I have confidence that that's going to change. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know if coming up tomorrow, Caruso is going to be putting up 15, and Tht is going to give you 18. I don't know if it's gonna change. And I think that's why, you know, when I when I emphasize the Dennis Schroeder part, I think that part's so big because he's got the ability. Him and Montrez have the ability to give you twenty plus. I don't think these other guys you can depend on to step up the way you think Dennis Schroeder and Montrez can. Think Eddie's gone. Eddie's gone. All right, appreciate you calling in, Eddie. Um it, listen, it's a fair point, but I, like I said, I don't think that's going to change. I don't think, I don't think tomorrow you're gonna start getting. I mean, Wesley Matthews yesterday. Use Wesley Matthews as an example. I ain't trying to pick on any of these Laker players. I'm just using it as an example. Wesley Matthews right now is stepping in in the starting role for Dennis Schroeder. He played 25 minutes, something like, along those lines yesterday. Dude, what do he have? Zero points, two points, something along those lines. And I listen, you might have an occasional night where Wesley Matthews is going to drop 18 for the Lakers and he hit four threes. KCP has been incredibly quiet for a long stretch. I don't think you could depend on these guys on a consistent basis. They are what they are. They're role players and they're nothing more than that in the sense of you're going to get something different on a consistent basis. Not Montrez. Not Schroeder. I think Kuzma's starting to kind of put himself into that position where you could depend on him on a more consistent basis. Uh, Let's go to Robert calling in from Venice Beach. Uh, What's going on, Robert? Thank you for calling in.
1: Hey, great show. So, yeah, a couple things. I'm extremely concerned, and I'm not convinced the Lakers even make the finals this year. And and, and because of a couple reasons. Mm -hmm. Number one, I think we agree Gasol is over the hill in my opinion, and we're not replacing the consistent rebounding that Dwight Howard had last year. And in the playoffs, the game slows down. And yet Dennis Schroeder, you can say, is, is better than playoff Rondo, which I'm not, cons- I'm not convinced yet. He'll have to prove it in
0: the playoffs, right. He'll, he'll have to prove that in the playoffs.
1: Agreed. So we are lacking defensive toughness and rebounding, and in my opinion, losing Dwight was a huge mistake because Gasol is not stepping up. And if AD goes down, it's irrelevant because we're not going to make the finals without AD anyways. But I think offensively we're fine. We're missing defensive toughness and rebounding from a role player. That's fine getting 10 rebounds and maybe two points. And I don't see that from Gasol at all.
0: Uh, Robert, I uh, appreciate you calling in. I'd put him on the list of also players that I don't think you know something drastic is going to change over the next 30, 60, or 90 days. Um Listen, you know when I ask, when I'm throwing the question out to Laker fans, are you concerned about these recent struggles? I'm I'm also referring to big picture, right? Like big picture with the Lakers. In a little bit, I'm going to spend some time talking about um, Quinn Cook, what that roster spot uh, means, uh, who the Lakers can bring in or should bring in. Um, with that roster, is Boogie Cousins make sense for the Lakers? So I, I'm going to do that, and, and that's going to be kind of part of this uh, this bigger conversation. But let me squeeze in a couple uh, a couple more quick calls here. Uh, Manuel and Gardena, what's going on, Manuel? Talk to me, Manuel.
5: All Night Allen, <laughs> aka Playoff Sleewa, aka the slee Stack, giving Laker fans Laker facts. My man. How the hell are you? I'm
0: good, man. I'm good. It's been, uh, yeah, interesting week for the Lakers, and, and tomorrow it <laughs> doesn't get any easier. Easier. You're at Utah, arguably the best team in the NBA right now. Um, what what do you think? You think you think there's a lot being made over this over this last week, week and a half, or do you think it's legit?
3: Well, last
5: time I checked my calendar, it's February. You know, I mean, I've said from the gate, health, health, health. It comes down to the Lakers being healthy. That was a key ingredient to last year's run, okay? So if the Achilles goes bye-bye, yeah, man, we're probably SOL. However, I think people are, like, down on Gasol. Last time I checked, man, dude has a ring. You know what I mean? He's an older cat. It might take him a little while to get going. I think if we fill in those other two spots and we continue to allow this squad to gel together, not just shipping out people, but getting a more cohesive unit, which only time can bring, and shelving King James for a bit for his own good, I think we're going to be fine. But you know what, man? I I know how some of our fellow Laker fans are quite fickle, nickel, (laughs) van-exel-like, ready to clap uh, Cancun into the huddle, man. I think everybody needs to relax. Lakers are going to be just fine, in my opinion. Appreciate it, Shalewa, Thank you, sir. I love
0: you, baby. Appreciate it, Manuel. All right, thank you for calling in, right there, Manuel. Always, Manuel always coming ready. Um, okay, so this uh, this happened yesterday, right after the Lakers game. Uh, Quinn Cook was waived by the Lakers. All right, so. I think obviously there is a legitimate, legitimate reason why the Lakers um, waived Quinn Cook and um, Brian Windhorst, who's coming up here in just a few minutes. We'll get a chance to uh, to get his thoughts on this, but there's obviously a reason for um, why the Lakers waived Quinn Cook. First of all, uh, you need that roster spot. You, you don't need additional guards. Um, just kind of look at the Lakers roster real quick. Wesley Matthews is there. Dennis Schroeder is there, Alex Caruso is there, KCP is there, and Talon Horton-Tucker is there. Those are five guys that are actually getting minutes. Um, and to have Quinn Cook on your depth chart, I don't think the Lakers, we don't need another guard. Let's put it that way. And and if you're trying to compare, I'll just use this as an example. If you're trying to compare, um, if you're looking at for just... Uh, Um, okay, do the Lakers need another big or do do they need another guard? Of course, you're going to say, okay, they need another big. If you're going to say, do you want Talon Horn-Tucker to get those minutes or do you want Quinn Cook? I think most Laker fans, uh, me included, I want to take my chances with Talon Horn-Tucker. So the fact that the Lakers did waive Quinn Cook yesterday, um, now the Lakers have two additional roster spots available. Um, And and listen, I could only talk about you know, past experiences, my past experience, um, what the Lakers and what Polenka did last year could have been the difference of winning a championship or not. And I'm talking about them going out there and get Markeith Morris. And they went and got Markeith. There were reasons for it. Um, Remember, the Lakers had a lot of really big guys, but they didn't have that smaller player. Uh, Now it's kind of opposite this year. This year, they got Montrez and they got Markeith. I thought part of the reason why they got Markeith last year is because if they're going to play the Clippers, they got somebody against Marcus Morris, and they got somebody against Montrezl Harrell. That's why I thought Markeith was perfect, and it helped them get in that Houston series, but that all came in the buyout market. So those two roster spots that the Lakers now have available, um, I think are key, and this is going to be part of the conversation we have with Brian Windhorst. Uh, I'll get his thoughts, obviously, on where the Lakers are right now, and and really specifically that that waving of Quinn Cook, what does it mean for the Los Angeles Lakers, and we'll also get his thoughts on if there's specific needs uh, that the Lakers have right now. I'm going to take more phone calls, by the way, about 7.45-ish, so if you're on hold right now, uh, just keep that in mind, and uh, we'll continue to take phone calls a little bit further into the show Brian Windhorst coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN.
2: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E.
0: Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. All right, uh, welcome back to Lakers Talk. I want to welcome in uh, Brian Windhorst, who covers the NBA for ESPN. Uh, Brian, always great having you on, and uh, I I think it's a perfect time to get your opinion on what's going on with the Lakers in the NBA, so thank you for taking the time.
2: Anytime.
0: Appreciate it. Um, okay. Let, let, let's start with the Lakers. They've lost four of their last five games. They've lost three games in a row. Of course, um, you know, there, there's no other way to put this without Dennis Schroeder, without Anthony Davis. Obviously this is uh, proving to be an incredible challenge for the Lakers. I just want to get your overall thoughts these this last week, two weeks or so around Lakers basketball. How do you kind of view this? Do you um, do you think that the Lakers have some legitimate issues, holes, um, or do you think this is just the uh, simply uh, the, the result of not having your roster at full strength?
2: Yeah, I think it's both, actually. I mean, you know, I, I think they're weaker at the center position than they were last year, and I know that Montrez puts up good numbers occasionally. Um, he's a good player. Um, he's not great defensively, mm-hmm. and so um, – uh, many nights you're going to get away with that because of what he gives you at the other end. But what's happened in this, you know, skid here is that the Lakers' offensive firepower has been reduced, and it's been compounded by the fact that their outside shooting has been, um, has been, you know, in a slump. So to me, like the two issues that the Lakers have, they are weaker defensively at center this year as opposed to last year, and just like last year they are susceptible to cold streaks um, shooting the ball from the perimeter. And so we've seen both of those manifest themselves. So, um, but I don't think either of them are fatal flaws. The Lakers overcame the shooting issues last year and um, they're, they have the Trump card in their pocket at center when they need it. And that's to move Anthony Davis there. Um, Obviously he's out right now, so you don't have that, but you know, if things got really ugly in a playoff series or playoff setting, you could go to that trump card. There's almost no team in the league that has that <laughs> that they can go to. To We need help at defensive center. Let's bring in a defensive player of the year type player. So, um, uh, I mean, I, you know, they are not a perfect team, but they're a great team and they're a good defensive team. And ultimately I think they will be fine, but certainly you do you know you lose you lose a uh, an mvp level player like anthony davis and your your weaknesses start to show
0: you know yesterday i thought it was uh, interesting right after the lakers lost to the wizards by 2 uh it was reported that the lakers are waving quinn cook opens up obviously a roster spot what what do you think is the strategy there and you just mentioned you know you talked about what were some of their strengths last year that you, you know, you could look at now and say, okay, they're not as deep in the center position. Um, what, what do you think the Lakers do with that roster spot? What, what do you think the thought process is by waving Quinn Cook?
2: Well, they just, you know, they just don't have the athleticism at def- at, to protect the rim at defensive center. Um, like I said, they have some other pluses, but, um, you know, I think that may be a best player available type situation. Um, I think they're in, they're in pretty good shape on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the guy you're maybe watching for is, does Andre Drummond get bought out? Does Blake Griffin get bought out? Is there another player that maybe gets moved in a trade and gets bought out? I think you're just, I mean, the the, the reason that the, the Cook waiver happened now is because the guaranteed deadline is here. So you want to make sure you have that roster spot open. I don't think they need to fill it anytime soon. Um, take your time wait and see what shakes out and see if you can pick up a player on the buyout market. Um, ideally, if it's an athletic center, that'd be nice. But I, again, I don't think that's a vital thing. I think what you're looking for in that spot is a guy that you could play, that could help you win one playoff game. And if you get two playoff games or three, boy, you've hit a home run. But you're looking for a guy who can just fill a little gap or fill a little role, be an insurance policy. I think for the most part, the core members of the Lakers are, are pretty set.
0: Brian Windhorst, who covers the NBA for ESPN, taking some time to join Lakers Talk. Um, Brian, do you you think, comparing last season to this year, do you you think the road to win an NBA championship this season, I'm talking about more just competitively, what other teams look like, do you think that road is tougher this season than it was last year? Um, Look at the Lakers, obviously their championship run, went through Portland, went through Houston, and went through the Denver Nuggets and then faced the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. How big of a difference do you think this road is this season compared to last year?
2: You're asking a very legitimate question that I don't have a good answer to. Um, I think last Friday, so I don't have the updated numbers on this to this exact second, but last Friday I was talking to an executive and he told me that a year ago at this time in the schedule, there was four teams, four, within uh, five games of 500. So there's a pretty good delineation of who the good teams and who the bad teams were this year, uh, at least at least a couple days ago, there were 17, 17, teams within five games of 500. So wow. you have a whole bunch of teams who, who are sort of stuck in the middle. And this year you have uh, a play in se- uh series or play in tournament or what have you, where 10 teams can kind of feel like they make the post season. So you have the, la- the largest post season ever, 10, 20 teams and a whole bunch of teams glumped in the middle. And I don't know how to differentiate some of these teams from each other. You know, the Denver Nuggets are 16 and 14. Are they the same team they were last year? Are they capable of it? Are they a worse team? I don't know. What night are we looking at? You know, I, um, and so I'm having a very difficult time uh, trying to figure out who's a legitimate contender. In the East, you only have three teams that look like they've distanced themselves from anybody. But at the same time, you know, you would certainly not disregard the Miami heat. You would not disregard the Toronto Raptors. So um, I really don't have a good feel. Um, And I don't have a really good feel for how good Utah is. I mean, I'm watching them play and I'm watching them hit all these three pointers and share the ball. And I'm like, wow, this looks like a pretty awesome team, but I don't know whether they can keep that up Hmm. in a playoff setting. So, I don't have a lot of good answers. I do know that the Lakers, if they remain the kind of defensive team that they've been to this point, and they have Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder healthy, uh, they're going to be very difficult to beat 4 out of 7. And so I think uh, getting them healthy and getting your team healthy, and some of that's just luck, is going to be a huge factor for them.
0: We got a chance, uh, Brian, last week, to see the Brooklyn Nets, and, and they played two games here at Staples Center, Lakers and the Clippers. What, what have been your thoughts on Brooklyn? It, it, it seems to be... Um, and I know, listen, it's still incredibly early. Obviously, they're missing Kevin Durant. Um, but what what's your thoughts and your makeup of the Brooklyn Nets so far with this trio and how they think or how you think they can, um, uh, you know, obviously work their way through the Eastern Conference?
2: I'm very impressed with their cohesion, especially amongst their star players this fast. It's unusual for um, – players like this to be able to, to, to come together like this, especially when they didn't have any sort of training camp or any sort of bonding experience early on. And you know, I've been really impressed with James Harden. Um, and, you know, look, he did what he did he to get out of Houston. I'm not giving him a pass on that. But the type of play and the type of leadership he's shown since coming to Brooklyn, um, you know, Alan, he's averaging half as many free throws as he has the last few years. And that's because he's becoming way more focused, on facilitating than he is on you know, drawing fouls and getting the line and dominating the ball. He really has made sure to take care of Kyrie Irving, make sure that he is still highly involved. Irving was probably the most susceptible to a role change, and he's really tried to take care of him, and Kyrie has reciprocated by saying, all right, you be the point guard. Now keep in mind, Kyrie bolted on LeBron because he was annoyed that LeBron was the primary ball handler. Hmm. So Kyrie's saying to James, you handle things is not something we should just take for granted. And, um, you know, they've made some adjustments defensively to improve. Now, what they're doing defensively is they're switching everything. And if you're not totally prepared for that and you, you you can't sort of set your game plan and a lot of teams aren't able to do that right now, it can affect you more. So their improvement in their defense, I don't think you would see that same level if you could prepare in a playoff series. That's still their weak spot. But their offense is as good as anything I've ever seen, and their cohesion is impressing me. I think they are going to be a beast to to,
0: to deal with in the postseason. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. You know, we just got a small sample size, and what can you really take out of that game? Lakers and Brooklyn, and and what I'm referring to there, Schroeder was scratched in the last second, and, you know, no Anthony Davis and no KD. But just watching them, you can see that over the course of the rest of the season – um, they'll that cohesion will only get better. We'll see, obviously, what happens, buyout market, things along those lines. But that looks like a team to reckon with, and uh, would not be shocked, obviously, if they're representing the Eastern Conference. Um, Brian, y- you mentioned um, you mentioned Andre Drummond. How big of a chip can he be if he lands on the right team, or you know, if you're a Laker fan, lands on the wrong team? But I'm I'm referring to him because it seems like. He can be such a big piece if he ended up with one of these contenders. How big do you think the the drumming and getting that resolved can can potentially play out?
2: Yeah, so he is one of the two or three best rebounders in the NBA. Um, And, uh, I mean, you look at where he ranks. He's led the league in rebounding two or three times in the last four years or whatever. Um, He is talented as a scorer, but uh, has limited range. And you don't really want to rely on him to be your, um, your lead scorer. But, you know, he's one of these guys that you put him in in a game and somebody's in foul trouble or somebody's, you know, clamping down on AD or doubling LeBron or whatever. The next thing you know, the guy can put up 27, 31 points and win you a game. You know, he's a, he's a front-line beast player that if you can get for the minimum is a huge advancement on your team. He is not a defensive player of the year. He is not um you know an all-star. He is he's just a good player that if you could get would we would really help. I'm not saying that like any you know the Lakers need him, but uh it would not surprise me at all that he gets bought out. And he may or may not the, the Cavs do believe they can trade him and I I'm skeptical, but you know things things happen in the league and it's not because he's not good it's because his, his salary is $28 million and it's just hard to do a trade like that for a player who's going at the end of his contract. But um, he'd be a guy I'd definitely keep an eye on. And again, I'll say keep an eye on Blake Griffin because we know that he likes LA, that he, when he wanted to be in LA. I think there will be other teams that will go after him if he gets bought out. And the other thing that could be a factor is if he gets bought out and leaves, you know, eight or $10 million on the table, uh, he may want to go to a team that can pay him uh, some of that money back, and the Lakers are not able to do that. Where a team like the Nets, for example, if the Nets went after him, they have a 5.8 million dollar disabled player exception from Spencer Dinwiddie getting hurt. They could just yeah. outbid the Lakers, and if that's a factor, if he's trying to replace that money. You know, the Lakers could out- could get outbid. But um, you know, I-, I I would keep an eye on those two guys in the buyout market, and there's always a surprise buyout guy or two, and so. I think it behooves the Lakers to just be patient and, and wait and see how it goes. I do not think DeMarcus Cousins is an option. I know that's been reported a little bit. When you when you look at DeMarcus Cousins, he's very weak defensively at this point in his career. And, and Alan, he shot 37% from the field uh, with the Rockets. Uh, they, unfortunately, he's been decimated by injury. and He has not demonstrated to be a difference-making player. I'm not saying he can't be again, but... I think the Lakers might be able to do better, and certainly they wouldn't want to get tied up into that when there's other options out there.
0: Yeah, and by the way, I think it's fair. And if, you know, we just spent – when we started our conversation, we were talking about Lakers, how they could use a rim protector, that type of a player, I don't think you're filling in that hole with DeMarcus Cousins. So I think that falls into what you're saying. We'll we'll see how things shape out. But I think the, the buyout market is fascinating because, Brian, you know, it could – um, it could take a team over the top or it could put a team in the mix that wasn't there before. And I'm not saying, like you, you mentioned, Andre Drummond, if he landed on a team where he's the the best player, yeah, you're not in good shape. But if he's the fourth best player or the third best player, you might have something there. <laughs> He'd you know? be like
2: the Lakers' sixth best player. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that's just being fair. I mean, yep. maybe we could argue that. But, you know, that would he would really be an asset if you didn't need him every night.
0: Brian, fi- final one I got for you. I just want to get your thoughts on this. Um, all-Star uh, all star break coming up. Obviously, there's going to be an All-Star game on Sunday, March 7th. What did you think of how that all kind of went down, unfolded? Um, it, it seemed like there were specific players that wanted nothing to do with an All-Star game. Obviously, the NBA was pushing for it. How, how did you think um, all of that? What, were you surprised that there was this much, um, I guess you could say, division between some of the stars in actually conducting an All-Star game?
2: Yeah. I actually think while it's a complicated topic, understanding what happened is very simple. It is absolutely a money grab. And, um, the the, the league doesn't classify it as that. They talk about how it engages fans all over the world who love the game. And that's fair, but that's a different way of saying it's a money grab. And by the way, it's not just the league grabbing the money, the players agreed to it. So I know, you know, look, I'm, I'm a member of groups that, that, uh, a representative, uh, you know, takes a vote and I lose and I don't get what I want. So I'm not, you know, LeBron felt differently, but the players union agreed to it. So the players, quite frankly, Alan, they're on the same page as the league. It's a money grab. I think the reason it came off so poorly from a public relations standpoint is at the beginning of the year, they implied that there was not going to be an all-star game. And then they did an about face and said, oh, yeah, we're having an all-star game. And I think had they said from the start – we're having an all-star game and we'll see later whether it gets canceled or not. I think it, it plays differently, but it happened the way it happened and we'd have to hope for the best. And I know everybody's worried about the virus. And I think that's, we also be worried about the virus every day, but I think the bigger concern is for the players who do not go to Atlanta, the players who may go to the Caribbean where they're going to be allowed to go, who go to Miami, who go to Las Vegas, um, any other place uh, that they may find. And they're not being um, as careful as they are when they're basically quarantined, um, you know, when they're working. So, I think the concern is over the guys who don't go to the All-Star game, to be honest.
0: Uh, Brian, great stuff. And I I appreciate, you know, it it is kind of an interesting topic. And I was curious to get your thoughts on it because it's happening. And I'll be one that will watch on Sunday. But I, I felt like it never really got resolved. It was just... Some of the players, obviously, um, were not in favor of it, and it was pretty much, no, no, this is what you're going to do, and here we are. It's coming up. So um, I appreciate uh, you taking some time, joining the show, giving your insight on the NBA and the Lakers. All right, Brian? Thanks. Have a good week. All right. That is Brian Winhorse right there. Uh, good stuff for him. And, you know, listen, this is the uh, conversation. We talked about the two roster spots. I got a chance to kind of hit on it before we had that conversation. Um, I want to take phone calls we come back. He mentioned something about DeMarcus Cousins. I actually don't really know where Laker fans are on this. I know they want a big. Do they want DeMarcus Cousins? Would DeMarcus Cousins be a good fit on this Lakers roster? 877-710-ESPN. Your phone call is coming up next. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you to Brian Windhorst for joining the show. Um, I do want to spend some time taking some uh, phone calls from Laker fans out there. Phone number is 877-710-ESPN. I was asking right before we went to break, a lot of Laker fans, all they've told me is we need another big. And DeMarcus Cousins was officially, officially – um, uh, released, bought out uh, with the Houston Rockets earlier today. So he is now available. My question to Laker fans out there, do you want to see DeMarcus Cousins back with the Lakers? I do have a couple calls that have been waiting for a long time, so I'll let them also kind of express whether this was before the DeMarcus Cousins conversation. Uh, Pedro in L.A. Pedro, what's going on? Thank you for waiting, by the way.
4: No worries, Adam, at any time. Um, I just wanted to tell Laker fans that they need to just relax. It's it's the dog days of February. At this point, pretty much everybody's just trying to get to the All Star game. And they need to remember that the main thing for this season is having AD healthy for the playoffs, even if it's not 100%, as close as 100% possible. And then they're also missing Dennis Shooter. If they had Dennis Shooter these last two, three games, they would have won those games most likely. So they need to, they need to relax. And then another thing about the. The Boogie Cousins thing, Mm -hmm. after you talked to Windhorse, I actually thought they should have signed Boogie, but when you put it in perspective that Blake Griffin could be available or even possibly Andre Drummond, I think the Lakers should wait because they're honestly better players than Boogie at this point. And uh, one more thing I just wanted to say. uh, One of the callers earlier, I don't know if he did it on purpose or not when he was talking about Kyle Kuzma, but he called him Karuzma. I don't know. I think that's a catchy name for – Caruso. And I didn't even notice that.
0: I, I didn't even notice I, yeah, that li- right I li- there.
4: I don't know. I like I like the <laughs> ring it has. Caruzma? It's it's a nice little catchy for Caruso and uh, Kuzma. Just Mer- wanted
0: to throw that out there. Merge the two together. I appreciate you calling in, Pedro. Yeah. Um okay, so if you're just tuning in right now, what he's referencing with Brian Winhorse. So Winhorse said as far as Demarcus Cousins, his thought process was this. His thought process his thought process was you can probably land something better if you just wait. Lakers are no rush, by the way. Um, and, and, you know, when you have two roster spots, this freed up another spot yesterday when um, they waived Quinn Cook. What is the rush for the Lakers? There is no rush. Just find the right player. Um, I'll take a couple more calls. I'm going to give my my thoughts and opinion on DeMarcus Cousins, but I'll do that in a second. Rick in Simi Valley. Rick, what's going on? Oh, hey, good evening. Th- 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 thanks for, thanks for uh, calling in. Call. You got it, man.
2: <clears throat> hey, um, yeah, Boogie... Maybe I wouldn't be bothered, but I think Trevor Ariza might be a better, you know, fit.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, however, the thing I think that my biggest concern of the Lakers, if they're healthy, is fatigue, and I'm thinking that's what my finally caught up to them in the three point shooting. And if that is the case, how can they correct it for the playoffs?
0: Appreciate you calling in. Um, you know, Rick, here's the thing, I'm, and I'm gonna I'm gonna spend a little time on this a little bit later. LeBron um, was asked about something similar, finding rest and um, you know, kind of using his using this year. Uh, of course, this is a challenge because some of it. I had Laker fans telling me, "Yes, don't play LeBron uh, against the Jazz. LeBron's gonna play." I mean, for for those who want to see LeBron rest, I think he played 40 minutes yesterday, something along those lines. We've seen that before in those overtime games. Will fatigue play a factor in the playoffs? It could. I mean, hopefully Anthony Davis is fresh and he's ready to go. I think where you start getting strategic um, with resting your players for the postseason or being more strategic with how much time that they get off before the playoffs start, you do that in the last 30 days or so. When we're on a regular Lakers schedule, remember when the Lakers playoffs usually start in mid-April? That's the way it typically is. From that, you could say last two weeks of the season, you see a lot of teams jockeying and doing things different in those last couple of weeks. It's different, yes, if you're trying to grab, if you're just trying to get into the playoffs or you're really trying to avoid playing somebody in the first round. It's different for teams like that. But the way Portland had to play last year in the bubble to just get into the NBA playoffs and play the Lakers is different than, you know, if you have the luxury of being a little bit more strategic. Uh, Devin in LA, what's going on, Devin?
3: Playoffs! What's up, baby? How you doing, man? Oh, Oh, man, every day is a good day, brother. Uh, I just wanted to say what you're seeing right now is the Lakers' world-renowned chef, Rob Palenka in the kitchen, mm. getting ready to cook it up. Uh, why I do agree with DeMarcus Cousins um, is because what the Lakers – well, first off, the Lakers are having trouble right now. I think still guys are still having trouble figuring out their roles. And uh, so I, I the reason I would say yes to DeMarcus Cousins is simply because he's he was here last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's familiar with the Lakers in LA. Also, he's got a history tag teaming with Anthony Davis in the post. And they had a, a, a they ran into a tough Golden State Warriors team that year. They lost in the first or second round. I can't remember what round. But they were a tough out. And um I just believe that DeMarcus Cousins is a tough player um in the middle something that the Lakers are desperately lacking when you talk about scoring that's not the Lakers issue for to me really is scoring the Lakers need a tough inside presence and that's all I got sweet. Devin,
0: appreciate you calling in man. Thank you. Um okay, I, I want to get my thoughts real quick on DeMarcus. So, let me I, I think I I think I'm going to fall on a different category when it comes to DeMarcus Cousins. Um for me, I do agree. Lakers need a big, but the only thing I've been hearing from Laker fans for a long time, and um, you know, it, it's uh, it's official. The Houston Rockets. Uh, I think it was earlier today. It became official that they waived DeMarcus Cousins. My problem is with DeMarc- My problem with DeMarcus is when he was with the Lakers last time around. His style of play was different than Javale and Dwight Howard. Right, the the rim rim protector that we're talking about, athletic rim protector, can get to the basket, or I'm sorry, can um, uh, kind of I don't want to say high flyer, but you could say Dwight and Javale kind of filled that role. Can run up and down the floor, um, can can be a true true, um, can be a true uh, pesk down in the block, whether he's actually blocking shots or he's being disruptive. I think Demarcus falls more along the line of what we already have with Marcus all. I think that they both have more of a similar game, and I don't think we need any more of that. I think we need another big, but I think a rim protector is more important. So when Winhorse said, and I was actually even a little surprised with Winhorse saying, maybe they're able to go get an Andre Drummond. If Lakers got Andre Drummond, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. By the way, if Brooklyn gets Andre Drummond, it might be a wrap. I mean, there's he can fall on it on a specific team and change the whole scope of things. But I think what the Lakers need more than anything else, I think there's actually two. Two roster spots available. What would be ideal for the Lakers, they get that close to seven-foot big man that can protect the rim, give you 10 to 15 minutes anytime you need a rim protector, and he's there. And you're still going to obviously have Anthony Davis play the five, but just to have that luxury of that that big man there— And I think having a small forward, you know, I've heard the names Trevor Ariza being thrown around, PJ Tucker being thrown around. Yeah, I think the Lakers can use another player like that. Sometimes you want them to have a little bit more size and you want kind of that veteran small forward that's been there and he's done it before. Um, So as we go through the show, we could continue this conversation. Uh, Coming up next, we got our top NBA stories. Stay right here. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate you guys calling into the show as well. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN.